are able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading this day is taken from the 14th chapter of John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Last Sunday, Pastor James helped us grasp the importance of relationships, especially within the faith community here at St. John's. That Harvard longitudinal study of life reveals what many of us know from personal experience. Relationships are an integral part of happiness and a long life. This past week, the Surgeon General, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, issued an 80-page report with one of those long government titles, our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation, the U.S. Surgeon General's Advisory on the Healing Effects of Social Connection and Community. I wouldn't have thought so much about it because I was familiar with the Harvard study, but it was the title that grabbed my attention, The Healing Effects 
of social connection and community. If we've been negatively impacted by social isolation due to COVID or the isolation that technology has brought because we can visit and meet without physically being present, um, Zoom is not the best way to gather person, doesn't be gathering as in person those relationships. We miss too many social cues, don't we? But if we've been negatively impacted by any kind of social isolation, there is healing to be found in relationships. That was exciting news, especially when that report went on to cite a study that said the impact of social isolation on mortality is roughly equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we all know, have heard for years, the dangers of smoking. It's like, wow, that's pretty serious impact. As a society, including those of us at St. John's, we continue to heal from the detrimental social isolation of COVID and the increased reliance on remote communication technologies that COVID brought and forced upon us almost. In this time of healing, we find ourselves in a liminal space, liminal space. Father Richard Rohr's devotion last Wednesday spoke about liminal space and just resonated with me about that role of liminal space in our spiritual journeys. Here's a bit of what he shared. The Latin word lemon means threshold, like threshold of a door, entryway. He says, liminal space is an inner state and sometimes an outer situation where we can begin to think and to act in new ways. He says, we usually enter liminal space when our former way of being is challenged or has changed. Maybe when we lose a job or the death of a loved one or during an illness or the birth of a child or a major relocation geographically. He says, it's a graced time, but often it doesn't feel very graced. In such space, we're certainly not in control and we're not certain of what lies ahead. He says, that very vulnerability and openness of that liminal space and time allows room for something genuinely new to happen. We're empty in that space. We're receptive. We're like blank tablets waiting for someone to come and write a new direction for us. Liminal space is that time where we're most teachable, open to learn, eager to learn. It's a way of holding tension between what was and what has yet to come. And it's in these transitional moments of our lives, he says, that authentic transformation can happen. And if transformation doesn't happen, otherwise it's just business as usual and life becomes eternally boring, the status quo existence in life is all about change. Liminal space becomes sacred space when the Spirit is present, transforming us for the future that God has for us. Does that sound 
or feel familiar to any of you? You see, we are inhabiting liminal space. And I think today's gospel reading is instructive, informative as we journey through and navigate this space together. Today's gospel reading is the beginning of what scholars call the farewell discourse for Jesus, chapter 14 through almost the end of chapter 17 in John. For Jesus, it's his final meal in John with believers, final instructions, and all prior to his arrest. So I want to remind us of the context of that evening meal. Remember just a few days before, about five days, Jesus has entered Jerusalem, being greeted like a king, riding on a donkey, people, crowds, waving branches, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel, Hosanna. Palm Sunday, that, that big celebration with their expectations for what lies ahead in their future. And then we come to this evening, about five days after that entry into Jerusalem, where Jesus has gathered his disciples for supper. And this gathering began with Jesus removing his outer cloak, taking a towel and a wash basin, and washing the feet of his disciples, those dusty, sweaty, smelly feet, as Jesus gave them an example of servant leadership, washing their feet, which is the job of the lowest household servant in that time. Moments later, Judas gets up and dashes out to go betray Jesus. Next, Jesus gave them a bit of a prime directive. There you go, Rob. You've been waiting for a Star Trek reference for you today. That was a cheap one, wasn't it? But Jesus gave them a prime directive, some key information to guide his followers. In John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus said to them, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice that this commandment is all about relationship. Relationship is what's going to sustain them in the days right there and for the long term, in the years to come. Relationship is healing. Relationship sustains and moves us forward together toward God's purpose. Then after that commandment, Jesus immediately announces that he's leaving them and they can't join him until some unspecified time in the future. What kind of relationship is that? They must be wondering. So now we come to today's reading, and with this flurry of unexpected events that evening, the disciples have to be filled with anxiety and concern and confusion. What's going on, Jesus? You see, the disciples, they've left family and friends. They've left careers behind three years ago to follow this itinerant preacher and prophet and miracle worker. They've staked everything they have on a relationship with him, and he's leaving them. What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen with their relationship with Jesus? They don't know. What's this, my father's house he talks about? They don't know that either yet. 
we have joined Jesus and his disciples at this evening meal at the precipice of a liminal space in their lives and relationships. And the disciples are fraught with concern and anxiety. But Jesus assures them, it will be okay. I'm going into the future ahead of you. There is ample space for you and for every believer in my Father's house, and you will be there with me. But being stressed out humans, we know what that's like, don't we? Thomas asked for a road map. How can we know the way? Tell us how to get there. Philip wants evidence. Lord, show us the Father so we'll know it's true and we'll be satisfied. But Jesus doesn't give them a map or, or a picture or a plan, does he? He gives them himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you know me, he says, you will know my Father also. In this liminal space of uncertainty, as they look to the future, Jesus gives them the intimate, evolving, oftentimes confusing assurance of relationship. Jesus invites them to hold this anxious transitional space with trust and patience, with the vulnerability that every relationship requires as we open up ourselves to another so that relationship can come together and be deepened. 2,000 years after this dinner, we inhabit a similar liminal space. In the waters of baptism, you and I were joined by the act of God to the way. The way. That's what the first believers were known as, followers of the way. Not the church, but the way. And we have been invited to discover more about the mystery of Jesus as the truth and the life for all of creation. Jesus reminded the disciple and he reminds us that he and the Father are one, just like that poetic, mysterious way that John began his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, when we have relationship with Jesus, we have relationship with the Creator of the universe. We are, you are, humans are important, valued, and loved. And as we share in this evolving journey of faith throughout our lifetimes, the transformation of our hearts along the way creates faith deep enough to endure Faith abundant enough to share, to give away so it multiplies. Faith strong enough to risk vulnerability in relationship with one another and with Jesus as we follow him in a community of believers. I'm convinced that in certainly one way that doing greater works than Jesus depends on journeying through this liminal time together in community in relationship with one another, loving one another as Jesus has loved us, sacrificially, vulnerably, with all that we are. 
being spiritually attuned to the way, the truth, and the life, we are led out and about to explore, to become the living signs of the abundant life that Jesus promised his followers in the world. We do this as we feed the hungry, provide access to medical care, strive for racial reconciliation, teach children to read, advocate for peace, and discern God's mission and future for this congregation. All of this messy, uncertain work is done in this liminal space with the ongoing transformational work of the Spirit as we faithfully continue becoming the people God has called us to be in the waters of baptism. We are created and called to be in relationship. None of us can abide loneliness for long. The Surgeon General shared his personal antidote to loneliness. He shared two things that he does to fend off loneliness and strengthen relationships. First was he creates sacred spaces where he's spending time with people, not technology. And he cited his dinner time with his family and friends as that sacred space. You and I have that sacred space of dinner as well. When we gather at the altar to receive our Lord's body and blood, we are dining with the Lord and at the Lord's table with saints of every time and every place bound together by the body and blood that we take in Christ within us. And the second antidote the Surgeon General lifted up is that he intentionally answers his phone anytime friends call. How about that for a change these days, huh? He said hearing their voice keeps him connected. Well, you and I, we also have a connection with conversations too. Conversations with one another, in Bible study, in prayer groups, in serving together with Jesus in prayer as we pray or as we sit and listen for God's guidance. Jesus promised his followers that they would always have a relationship with him. And it was soon to radically change after his crucifixion and resurrection. For there's room for all in his Father's house. There's room for us because we are in relationship with him. Additionally, to help out, because Jesus knows how frail and fragile our faith is, shortly after this reading today, Jesus says he's sending them the advocate, the paraclete, the spirit to journey with us his mystical presence to accompany us along the way, to assure us that we are not alone in whatever the liminal space might be. Jesus invites us into this uncertain post-resurrection space with him. It's an invitation into a deep, transformative relationship as we journey with Jesus and one another from who we are to who we can become if we are only willing to let go of whatever is holding us back 
so that we can move fully into the future with him. So we can go with Jesus where no one has gone before. Will you join Jesus along the way through this time into God's future? Amen.